Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. via podcast1.com and iTunes. Thank you guys for listening, downloading, streaming, however you connect. Thank you for doing so. Thank you for listening to this podcast each and every week. Back from uh, a couple of weeks of cruises, if you were listening to last week's podcast, you know I was recording that in a hotel room somewhere in between the Cruise to the Edge and the Monsters of Rock cruise. And now I have survived yet another Monsters of Rock cruise, the eighth one that has happened had the honor of hosting every single one that has happened and they just keep getting bigger and better and growing and just uh really becoming these amazing amazing hangs and concerts and collectives of people that all love in the case of Monsters of Rock 80s themed hard rock music but it's gotten broader than that you know what's cool about it is there's some acts on there like Jared James Nichols and Bisto Blanco so you get a little taste of some newer developing acts. You get some bands like Thunder and Pink Cream 69 that honestly would never really tour or be able to come to America, getting a chance to play for some of their fans. And then you've got favorites like Tesla and LA Guns and Kicks and all these bands that play on a fairly regular basis on the cruise. And it's become quite a party. It really has. It's been great to host it every year, and this year was no exception. Got a chance to do my Sirius XM radio show from the uh, ship on all the cruises and had a blast doing that and had a ton of great guests drop by, one of which you're about to hear on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. We'll get into that in just a second. But I want to thank all the artists and everybody that helped me out and everybody that I dealt with on both cruises, and we'll look forward to seeing what 2019 has in store for us as the whole phenomenon of rock cruises continues to grow and evolve and get bigger. I mean, there are cruises out there 
that you don't even know about. <laughs> For every sort of artist, genre of music, band imaginable, and they are really, really quite a great time. So back on land and back hanging with you guys for another week for the Eddie Trunk Podcast. A week from today, if you're listening on post day, I head to Tulsa, which has very much become a home away from home for me. Always a lot of fun to go there. Always some great rock fans there as well. And I will be appearing at the IDL Ballroom on March 3rd, hosting a show with Slaughter. And then I am going to be hosting a album release party for a band called Crimshaw. That's in New York City on March 24th at Arlene's Grocery. Then I'm back at the IDL Ballroom in Tulsa on April 13th, hosting LA Guns. Then I've got a Tom Kiefer show I'm hosting in Houston on April 22nd. And then three days of Rocklahoma in prior Oklahoma, May 25, 26, 27. By the way, the individual day lineups have now been announced for that. And also, if you go to my site, eddietrunk.com, giving away three-day GA passes for that if you'd like to enter to win those in E.T.'s box office. And then May 30th, back to the IDL Ballroom in Tulsa again to host Striper. Just had Michael Sweet on my show from the cruise. So lots of stuff going on. And a lot of it in either Houston or the Tulsa area. So look forward to seeing you if you're in those areas and some other stuff as it comes in and gets confirmed will be updated and posted on the homepage of eddytrunk.com where you can see all my appearances, enter to win tickets to some of these shows I just mentioned, and a whole lot more. Also, while you're on my site, music news updated daily. And the Trunk Report, which is my blog. And you can always email me, eddie at eddytrunk.com is my email address. Don't forget Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, also all at Eddie Trunk. This week, as I mentioned, a bit of a double dip for you. This is going to be a fun one. Coming up first, from the cruise, to, uh, I'm sorry, from Monsters of Rock Cruise, Steve Harris of Iron Maiden in an exclusive, ladies and gentlemen. Steve was on the Monsters of Rock Cruise performing with his sideband, British Lion. And this is a, uh, a band that really has not done much in America at all but is starting to make some inroads in the U.S. and did that in a big way by getting on the cruise and performing live. Now, unfortunately, I did not to get, get to see British Lion and Steve Harris's band perform on Monsters of Rock because both times they played on the cruise, I was on the air doing my radio show. It just so happened that it fell right in the window of when I did my show. So I never got a chance to see them play live, but I heard very good things about it. I did get Steve Harris to drop by for about 20 minutes to my broadcast position in front of a live audience on the cruise ship. And you're about to hear that interview. And again, it was an issue of not having a ton of time. Steve was leaving my interview. As soon as he left the interview you're about to hear, he did go to the stage and perform with his band, British Lion. But I appreciated him taking uh, some time out because he did not do any other interviews while he was here for this. So what you're hearing is very much an exclusive with Steve Harris, who does talk a little Iron Maiden as well. Then the next day, we did a release uh, party sort of deal for Iron Maiden's Trooper Ale, which was a fun time on the cruise. I went out and introduced Steve, and he came out and said a couple of words, and then everybody drank some Trooper beer and took pictures, and it was a fun time. 
So a lot of cool Iron Maiden sort of activity. And you'll hear in the interview I'm about to play for you on this podcast that I certainly did ask Steve about the viability and possibility of ever doing an Iron Maiden cruise, which you'll hear his answer when you listen to the interview. So Steve Harris of Iron Maiden in a fresh interview, first up in the podcast. It's only 20 minutes, so I'm bringing you a second interview this week. And interview number two is with Zach Wild, who dropped by my SiriusXM show to talk about his new album, Grimmest Hits. And at the time we did this interview, it was just before the Super Bowl. So we get a little football prediction from Zach, who's a big NFL fan. And like me, a big Giants fan. And I don't remember. I think Zach was taking the high road and wouldn't pick a team when I pressed him on it. When you hear that interview, you'll hear how accurate he was to see if he picked the Eagles or not. I don't know what he picked. Of course, we now know the result of the Super Bowl, but it's interesting to hear Zach, in retrospect, give his football analysis and breakdown, as well as talking about Black Label Society's tour and... um their album, Grimmest Hits, which they just released another video and single from. So good doubleheader for you this week. Starts with Steve Harris of Iron Maiden, followed by Zach Wilde of Black Label Society and, of course, currently of Ozzy's Band. And that is what we have for you on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. You're going to love it, I'm sure. Remember, if you're shopping on Amazon, always start on my page. You do that by going to Amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. Always start at that address. Take a look at what's there and then feel free to go on to the site anywhere else. Just begin at amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. My new TV show coming to Access TV is about to start up production again. As soon as we get some new episodes done of Trunk Fest, you'll be seeing that premiere this summer on Access TV. Keep an eye open for that. And don't forget, listen to me daily live Monday through Friday on Sirius XM channel 106 volume for my rock talk show called Trunk Nation, airing live 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time and replaying every night 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern and available as well on the Sirius XM app. And that's where the interviews you're about to hear originated from. So without further ado, let's hit uh, a little break and we'll come back. Steve Harris, followed by Zach Wild on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, if you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP, even though you might not know what it stands for. I mean, what does it actually mean? The same goes for invoice, list price, and dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing True Price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories, before you even get to the dealership. True Car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of home. And how do you know if your true price is a great price? Because True Car shows you what other people paid for that same car you want. And your certified dealers know this, so they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. Hey, y'all, this is Matt. And Michelle from Thug Kitchen, here to tell you about our new show, Forked Up, a Thug Kitchen podcast 
exclusively on Podcast One. We're stepping out of the kitchen and into your earbuds every week to discuss food, politics, pop culture. Basically, we're just trying to give a fucking do better. Get your shit together with us every Thursday on Forked Up, a Thug Kitchen podcast right here on Podcast One. Download and listen to new episodes exclusively on PodcastOne.com, the new Podcast One app, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Thanks, y'all. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Live by Live has all of your favorite music, and you can listen for free. Whether you hit play on one of our hundreds of curated music stations or create your own custom artist radio station, you'll find the music you love on Live by Live. Visit LiveXLive.com or search LiveXLive in the App Store or Google Play and listen for free now. Welcome back, everybody, to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. I take you now to the Monsters of Rock Cruise. This was in front of a packed audience in a pub on board the Royal Caribbean ship that we went out on on the Monsters of Rock Cruise, the Navigator of the Seas. Big excitement in the room, as you can hear, when Steve Harris of Iron Maiden and the band British Lion, who he's on the ship with, drop by my radio broadcast position to talk a little bit of British Lion and, of course, talk a little bit of Iron Maiden. Enjoy, ladies and gentlemen, Steve Harris from the Monsters of Rock Cruise on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Good to see you, sir. Good to see you. I have... uh, Spent a lot of time over the decades with the Maiden Camp uh, at your headquarters in England, at various shows, various studios. I've never spent time with an Iron Maiden member on a cruise ship in the middle of the ocean. So. That's because I've never been on one. <laughs> You've never <laughs> been on one? No, I've been on loads of ferries, you know, like cross-channel ferries and stuff like that, four or five hours, but this is the first time I've been on a And how do you find it? Ship like it? Yeah, I love it. You I love really it? like it, yeah. When I got on the ship, I was in the, in the, in the buffet... And I saw Steve waiting in line for food like everybody else with a tray. I said, well, well they, I mean, it's so well, cool. What you, else am I going to do? No, but you go on a cruise ship and sometimes these guys, you know, people hide and they don't want to be seen and they stay in their cabins until they have to play. I did time air back, but. Yeah, you, but you got out there and you're enjoying it, right? You're doing <laughs> yeah, a lot it's, of stuff. it's fun, yeah. And what, 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 uh, let me ask you the question that everybody on this ship has asked me, being that British Lion, which we're going to talk about in a second, is on the cruise, which is the band you're playing with. Um, you walk through a cruise ship like this, and I'm sure you've seen it, about half of the people at one time or another are wearing Iron Maiden T-shirts. Yeah, quite a few of them are, yeah. So a lot of them have come up to me and said, gee, Steve is on this cruise. Could there ever be an Iron Maiden cruise? Well, I'd have to talk the others into it, probably. Well, not Nico, because he loves them. He's, he's on one at the moment, actually. Nico is? Yeah, but he likes going on, not music ones, just like, I think he likes dressing up. So you're you good. Know, like, <laughs> I'm sure he wears suits and things like that. You know. <laughs> Pinstripes. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Knowing him, yeah. But uh, you enjoy it. Obviously, Nico enjoys it. Is there something that appeals to you about it? I mean, it would be insane to do an Iron Maiden cruise. I mean, it, the way the Maiden fans are, it would be unbelievable. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's, um, it's a question of talking to the others and seeing if they fancy it. We've never really sort of spoke about it, really, to be honest. But I think now Nick's like, you know, he's two down, four to go, really. Yeah, so exactly. So I have to uh, see what, <laughs> the others, see what happens. Actually, five if you count Rod, right? Well, yeah, no, I don't count him. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, you know, I'm sure they'll be up for it at some point, maybe, hopefully, anyway. That would be pretty cool. So you're on board with your band, British Line. I know you released a debut album with the band, uh, I, what is it, a year or two ago? Five, five years. Five years, was it? It's I just don't know where the time's gone, but I've been busy, so. Yeah, you have been with, with, of course, with Maiden, but tell me about British Lion, and for people listening that don't know about the band and are unaware of it, 
give the backstory of the band and how it came together. Well, we've only really toured so far in Europe and stuff like that, so you know we, we do quite well over there. But this is sort of unknown territory now. You know, obviously we're in the middle of the water, so it's not really you know stateside. But um, eventually, we hopefully we'll get there and uh, you know test the water and see what happens. You know, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's been, we've been really enjoying it. We, we just played some festivals l- last summer. We did really well at the Wacom Festival, which, which is a more of a metal festival, and I wasn't sure how it was going to go because I thought we might get a bit of stick there. But actually, it was it was great, and uh, reaction was fantastic. And we actually, were, you know, it was saying it was all like the festival, so I was well, ple- well pleased. You know, don't really expect too much. You know, we're just going out enjoying ourselves and you know um, going for it and see what happens. And people like it, they either like it or they don't. They don't. But it's pretty similar to the way we started with Maiden. You know, it's. If you like it, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine as well. Right. Well, do you do it on your terms, and you hope people enjoy it, and you, yeah. do, you do what you do. But the history of the band, uh, th- there's old history with these guys. Like the other guys yeah. in the band with you are old friends. Is that right? Yeah, I've known them since the '90s. You know, so early '90s. So um, you know, you know, they basically came to me with a, well, Graham, the guitar player, came with me with a tape, and um, I really liked it back in the days when it was tape and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, it just sort of went from there, really, and he got together with uh, Richie, and then, you know, I started helping him out, and that sort of went from there, and I just, you know, I didn't tell anyone, but I was sort of working on material with him and stuff like that, I was managing him, was booking him gigs and doing all sorts of stuff, and uh, I got up and jammed with him in Portugal, in a little club in a place called Cilia, which is, you know, back of nowhere, really, and, um, you know, and I thought one day, you know, it'd be nice to sort of actually play with a band, but that was a long time ago, so... You know, I mean, it just all sort of fell apart. The band imploded, usual sort of stuff, you know, stuff, you know, musical differences, all that kind of stuff. And um, different isn't it now. And I, and I thought, well, you know, the songs are too good to just get lost. So, you know, so three or four of them ended up on the, you know, on the first album. So, You know, I was thinking about it because when you look at uh, all the guys in Maiden over the years, very, very little has been done outside of the confines of the band. Of course, Bruce had his solo career. Adrian did a few things. Dave really, I don't think, has done anything. Nico had maybe some cover bands, and but but you especially, I mean, for for almost the entire history of Iron Maiden, your sole thing has been Iron Maiden and nothing else. You don't really guest on people's records much or any anything like that. So now, why was this the well, right time to do something? I never really had time before, you know. Anyway, I mean, it was a no, no, just purely because of that. I just was so busy with Maiden, full on, you know. And then, I suppose over the years, you know, we stopped just touring you know every other year or whatever or even if it's every year time off in between and um, I thought now I've got a bit of time I can I can do it and also I wanted to do it because you know I just want to keep playing you know maybe a bit more than some of the other guys so um, it keeps me match fit as well so I play you know do a tour or whatever in between of stuff and then I go out and do Maiden and I'm already sort of in fairly good shape for that so it works well and um, I, I just enjoy it I love playing small places I was going to ask. I like playing places as big like this size. (laughs) Well, maybe a little bit bigger than this, but you know, and um, you know, it's just good fun because I'm right. You know, fans are right there, and that's sort of why I started in the first place with Maiden was to be, you know, was right close with the fans, and and I I suppose I sort of missed that really. You know, I mean, I still love the big gigs, and I I enjoy massive festivals. I enjoy them all. They're all different degrees of good, really. But it means I can do them all now. I I can do a lot of them, and. um, and then we got offered to do some festivals, which was sort of, which I was a bit, you know, but I thought I can't say no because, you know, the guys want to, going to want to do them. So I did them as well, but that was fun as well. So, but in an ideal world, you know, we'd still carry on playing, playing clubs and stuff, which, you know, and it's, it's doing well in Europe now. It's doing really good. It's really building a hardcore following. 
So now, with this really, this cruise is really the first step for British Lion into introducing the band as a live entity to a predominantly American audience. I mean, there's actually right, people yeah. on this cruise from all over the world, but predominantly American. This is the first sort of step. Do you do you hope to be able to do more with it and establish well, yeah, it more course. in the US? You know, I mean, it, you know, I suppose it'd be again a say test of water, you know, and um, it'd be good to see what the reaction's like, really, because. We, we just don't know. It was the same thing when we first played with Europe. We had an album out. We first went and played gigs in the UK and Europe. And we didn't know what to expect. We didn't even know if we were going to sell any tickets. You know, you just don't know, do you? So you have to do it and then find out. And, you know, right. and l- it, lucky enough, it went really well. And yeah. it sort of built from there. But And I don't know what you, you know if this, this lot in here are going to like it or not. But hopefully they will. But if, you know, if they don't, they don't. But. And you have to, you know, even when you're Steve Harris from Iron Maiden, you still have to put your work in doing a new band. You know, I think there's a big misconception amongst fans that if, if anybody from a major band goes and does another band, immediately that whole fan base comes over and follows. And it's an easy, easy. No. It really is like starting from the ground up, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. You know, you can't expect it. We weren't expecting anything, really. We weren't expecting that the name is going to sell things. Okay, yeah, initial interest, maybe, but... You know, you've got to go out and perform, and if you don't perform well, then people ain't going to come back, are they? So, you know, and the songs have got to be good, you know, so, and, you know, I think they are really good. So, you know, it is what it is, And but it's a real thing, it's, you know, we're going out and we're enjoying it, it's, we have a lot of fun on stage, you know, and um, so... As I said, it's like going back to the root, so it's it's really nice. Uh, in the British Lion set, do you you know you have the one record that's out? What do you fill out the set with? Do you do any Iron Maiden songs with British Lion? No, no, no Maiden songs. Um, Co- covers, a couple covers, maybe. No, we we did uh, we were doing uh, UFO, Let It Roll. Never heard of them. No, just <laughs> everybody knows they're course, my favorite band. We do one of their songs, but you do uh, Let It Roll. Yeah, oh. but we're not. We probably won't do it because we've only got a shorter set. You know, we can only do it like today. We do an hour, and I think we on Thursday we do an hour and a quarter. So we won't have time to do that. But probably, I don't think, unless they let us play a bit longer. I don't know. Maybe we can have a word with them. But uh, if it gets let it roll in the set, I'll have a word with them for exactly. sure. Exactly. Well, there you go. But um, we'll see what happens. But um, you know, so but the rest is all original material. So some people might find it a bit tough because if they haven't heard the album or they, you know, they don't not aware of us. It's going to be all new material. So. Whereas a lot of bands, obviously, on this cruise in particular, band, you know, everyone's aware of the material, you know. Right. I went and watched a bit of Queensryche last night. They were really, really, really good, as always. But, you know, of course, everyone knows their stuff, pretty much. So it's a different thing with us. You know, and no one really knows our stuff. There's a few, you know, I saw met a few people last night. There's a few people with British Lion shirts on, a few people with the album. So, um, but not loads. So it's going to be a challenge, and as it always is, which is, and I like a challenge. Uh, but that's the whole reason why you're doing it. To exactly, get the word yeah. out and let people know this band exists and whether they're just hearing about it or they're in early on it, whatever the case may be. Have you thought about another record with British Lion? Is yeah, it, we've already started on that. And, yeah, uh, yeah we've, we've put quite well down the road with that. So hopefully we're going to get that out sometime uh, end of the year. Yeah, we're, gonna, we're looking to sort of do some touring in November. Um, so I want to try and get the album out around that sort of time. And... Um, yeah, I mean, I can't believe it's been five years since the last one. It's, it's ridiculous <laughs> where the time goes. I don't know. It's, Could you ever envision a scenario where British Lion opens for Iron Maiden and you play both sets? Well, you know, I sort of did think about that, you know, but, <laughs> but I think it would, you know, I mean, I'd be up for it doing it in a way because, I mean, I feel pretty fit and I could do it and it wouldn't affect my performance with Maiden whatsoever, but I don't think it'd be the right thing to do because I think it would take away a bit from... You know, when people waiting for Maiden to come on right, and stuff right. like that, it's a big sort of anticipation, and you kind of might lose a bit of that. And I don't think that really, really would be right. So it's not right to mix the two. But I mean, there might become a scenario where, if I, you know, 
mainly have quite a lot of days off these days in Europe and I don't know maybe I'll swan off and do a, a festival the, a day before or a day after maidens or something like that I don't know that's a possibility maybe but um, we'll have some, might have something to say about that but he don't really have much to say about this anyway he's not really involved with British Line you know much at all so you know if I want to do it, I'll do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, let me ask you about Maiden because you, uh, of course, the Book of Souls tour was a massive success. The album all over the world, all over the globe. What's the plan going forward? I know you've announced stuff in Europe, right? You're doing a, another sort of retro uh, theme tour? Yeah, we're doing a tour. Um, I think it starts like, towards the end of May and it goes right through to uh, finishes up in London on uh, August 11th. So... Um, you know, pretty, you know, most of Europe, covering most of Europe. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be good. I'm really looking forward to it. It's, uh, stage set's completely different, new set, and um, kind of loosely based on the game, but not really kind of, you know, it's really good artwork and stuff like that. And, um, you know, we're doing some songs which we haven't done for a while and some other songs which people might not expect us to do, which is, is a good... Anything you, know. you can say, or do you... No, keep of course not. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it is a tour that's... Because you've done... If people have followed the history of the band, when you have a new record out like Book of Souls, you lean heavy on the new material. You've done that now with each, with each album you've done. Yeah. And then usually if you do additional touring after that, it's focused on a certain period of the band's history, yeah, right, yeah. which is what this is going to be, right? Can you talk about what era this is? Um, well, it's early stuff, but I suppose... Early stuff is probably you know ten years or you know more ago. So I don't know. It's um, it's it's a it's a mixture of stuff, but um, yeah, most mostly kind of older stuff. So uh, you know you, you get some people that are complaining when you play a lot of new stuff. Um, I don't know why they do that, but you know to me it's what keeps the band alive, keeps it fresh. But you know um, the people that want to see the old stuff as well, and also you say some younger fans who have never really seen much of us before and hadn't heard some of those songs, it gives them an opportunity to to check it out as well so it's great it's nice to do old stuff and like you said old stuff then a new album and and stuff you know like that so yeah all good and that's going to be confined to europe for now or do you hope to it take is at the that? moment yeah so but you, i'm sure any we'll chance you do america well, or? well we will arrange stuff you know you know somewhere you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> things that can't be discussed right now yeah, but we, no we, we you know we'll, i'm sure we'll do other stuff but um yeah, I can't really say it at the moment. Rod will throttle me if I say too much. And me as well if I keep asking you about it. Exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll both leave that alone at the moment. Uh, you talk about the set list and the songs you play play with Maiden. For you personally, having been the guy that wrote the bulk of these songs yourself, all these decades you've been doing this, I mean, over, what, 40 years now, Is there st- what are the songs that are in the Maiden set for you personally when you play them that you really get up for, that you personally really enjoy playing still? Well, I think sometimes if you leave a song for a couple of years and then you bring it back, that's always a good thing, you know, or whatever. But, um, I mean, I, you know, Evil at Men do, I always love playing that one. Um, although we sometimes miss it out and other songs, you know, Hello, We Ain't Done For A While, we, you know, that's another uh, big, powerful song. Um, it's hard to say, really. I mean, I enjoy playing them all. I mean, if we didn't enjoy playing, we wouldn't play them. We've got so many songs to choose from, it you know. So, um, but it's always a nice challenge to play new material as well. I like that challenge. Gives you a little bit of butterflies in the stomach before you go on because you're not as confident as with the old stuff. So, that's always a good thing. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just nice to mix things up. Well, well, let me let me turn the question around a little bit and, and if ask me, and I've asked artists this before. Is there one you're just sick of playing that you're like, my God, I got to do this one again? 
Not really. Um, Run think, to the hills, maybe. They no, should, oh, enough with this one. I think if Bruce <laughs> might get fed up with it because there's so many high notes in it. But no, I don't think we, we don't get fed up with it. But uh, now, as I said, if if you get bored of a song, you just drop it anyway. So it's no big deal. Um, I was actually at a Maiden show once where you did not play Run to the Hills. And and, yeah, and, well, and fans were crazy about it, and I actually thought it was kind of cool because I'm like, Ooh. heard it. I seen. I was at the number of the Beast tour. I've heard it since then. It's yeah. it's okay. I got something else. I got Heaven Can Wait because of it. Yeah, or we whatever. have dropped key songs here and there, and I think it's the right thing to do. And um, if it feels right at the time, you know, when we're rehearsing or whatever, discussing the, the set, then then it is right. So yeah. for us anyway, whether yeah. it's right for the fans, it's another debate. Or that's a debate in a pub like this. But um, you know. It is what it is, and we play what we think is the right set. And um, as I said, you know, we could do probably six or seven different sets. I mean, you could do that, you know. Yeah, yeah. But um, I don't know. I think it's just right when you've got a stage set with the whole concept stuff, with the artwork and everything like that, it it makes sense to to work out what you're doing with the show and all that. And so you can't change the set too much around once you've decided on all the show. So if you pull a song, you're going to pull a backdrop. So it... You know, it's not good. Did you ever envision when you started Maiden in the mid-70s, did you ever envision that you'd be at a point in your career, here we are in 2018, where the band arguably is probably bigger around the world than it's ever been? Did you ever envision that sort of longevity for a band like Iron Maiden? No, not at all. I mean, you don't think that far ahead that back then. You just think about the next album and the next tour, and sort of that's sort of how we've been carrying on, really. And um, it's like now, I mean, I've, I've been asked that question so many times of like, since 20 years ago you know how long are you going to carry on for well, don't know we carry on as long as we can as long as we feel we, we, we want these days I suppose if you've got to look at everybody's health and you've got to look, you know, look at those things that may be out of our hands at times as to whether we carry on or not but if we can physically carry on we'll carry on you know a long while yet and speaking of carrying on I mean I thought it was with what Bruce went through with his cancer and everything I thought it was unbelievable when you look at the Book of Souls tour that there wasn't even a question about his performance. It was as good as it's ever been. It literally was not even something that anybody ever even thought of because of how well he did. I mean, that had that had even surprised you. Well, he sang fantastically well on the album, and, um, you know, that was when he, he had the lump there, and he, he, he sort of never really said anything about it at the time. Um, he, he didn't realise it was anything that serious early on, I think, and... But it's one of those things. I mean, you have to deal with these things, and he, deal, he dealt with it, you know, unbelievably, amazingly well. I mean, how the rest of us would have dealt with it, who knows? You just don't know. But, um, you know, especially being a singer as well, you know, but he went out there and he, he was he was worried. I knew he was worried because he wanted more rehearsal time. He never likes more rehearsal time. <laughs> so he wanted more rehearsal time and, um, you know, just to make sure he was going to be ship-shaped to get out there and, you know, of course he will. You know, it was fine. Speaking of, I want to get your comment on this real quick too, because we were talking about this off air. Uh, one of the other all-time pioneering metal bands of all time, Judas Priest. I first time I ever saw Iron Maiden, your band. They were opening for Priest back way back on the Killers tour. But you know, we were talking off the air a little bit uh, about Glenn Tipton yeah, and what was terrible. announced with him. I mean, you know, I suppose I was in the know know for a little while. I mean, he came to see us playing British Line funny enough a couple of years ago in Birmingham. Um, and um, we had a good chat then, and he seemed, you know, pretty good to be honest. But I think he's been up and down with it over the years, and it's just probably got to the point now where he can't really carry on, which is really sad, you know. Yeah. But um, 
maybe maybe he'll be you know I don't know whether he'll be able to perform any any other you know he sort of said as he indicated he might be able to do a couple of songs here and there perhaps that's what I'm hoping is going to happen but yeah yeah. And one last thing before we have to wrap up. I know you have to go do a show. Uh, Trooper, Trooper Beer. Everybody loves the Trooper L. And uh, we're going to be sampling some later on tonight with a little uh, Trooper party here. Uh, massively successful around the world. You've got to be real proud of that to be able to launch a beer like that. Well, most of that's stand at Bruce because he was, he was the one that went in and did all the um, testing for it all and everything like that and, uh, you know, fine-tuning with a different taste. You know, we didn't just get a bottle of beer and slap a label like right. a lot of people do. We, we did it, you know, the proper way. Went to the brewery and spent a long time, you know, you know sort of uh, researching it and then t- doing all the tasting and everything like that. And um, so a lot of the credit has to go to him for that. And uh, I actually sort of stopped drinking, really, and I started drinking again because of the truth because I thought... <laughs> I can't, well, I thought I can't. Well, people can ask me what it's like, and I've got to be. I tell them, and I, I can't, you know. So, and I'll start, you know. So you'll pop a few open tonight on the yeah, show. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't Just drink because, loads, but yeah, I, I'll have right. a couple. But in, in the interest of tasting research, you have to do that every once in a while, right? You have well, to, of course, you yeah, have to do yeah, the, the heavy exactly. lifting, medical science. <laughs> Steve, I know you have a gig. I can't thank you enough for coming Cheers, by and giving me some time. Appreciate it. Everybody, check out British Cheers. Lion. Cheers. The album is out. Came out five years ago, which is crazy. See the band on the ship, and uh, you know that other band you're in. Hopefully, they'll do. They'll all do okay. You know, they'll yeah, all figure. Yeah. It out. I think they'll be, be okay well. as well. So, all right, great to see you, man. Thank Cheers, you so much. Appreciate it. All right. Well, my thanks to Steve Harris of Iron Maiden and British Lion for dropping by and spending some time on the Eddie Trunk podcast. Hopefully I'll get more time with Steve Harris somewhere down the line and be able to do more with him at some point. And now we get a visit from Zach Wild, who dropped by just a few days before the Super Bowl. We talk a little football. We talk a little bit about the new Black Label Society album and, of course, a little Aussie as well. So here it is, the always entertaining Never dull, Zach Wild, interview number two on the Eddie Trunk podcast. Father Ed, what are you doing? Uh, the, the the fellows just informed me uh, that you're um, speaking. Uh, you know, everyone's all up in arms about the Grammys and the and the lack of death metal and the lack of, <laughs> of fusion and the lack of stuff like that. I, I a lack of mean, a guitar. Not looking for death metal. Just looking for a freaking guitar why does, somewhere. Why does anyone even get worked up? I, I mean, it's almost kind of like the death metal awards, and it's just like, oh, I can't believe, you know, they're having the memoriam, and they're like, I can't believe they didn't even have Whitney Houston up there. I mean, what? come on, man. It's like, dude, it's a death metal awards, bro. Like, you you, you know, I mean, I, I you know, I just think it's hysterical. It's just, it, it's... What you're saying is the ship has sailed so far that why do people even care at this point? It was never meant for rock bands any it's not our party anyways it's like going to it's like going to studio 54 and telling them going through it man put on some sabbath and zeppelin it's just like no we don't do that here bro we don't do that here if yeah, you want, if you want so sabbath and zeppelin away. go down there's a cup there's a rock club down the down the road that they do that there we play wait a minute here. speaking of sabbath and zeppelin i got to tell you guys a quick funny story about zach because i went to see zach and black label society in atlanta about a week and a half ago and I'm getting, I'm standing uh, by on the side of the stage as you're getting ready to go on, Zach, and you're playing the intro music before you drop the curtain to go out. Tell everybody what you play and how <laughs> about lowering the bar after it. What you were telling well, me, yeah, go it's, ahead. It's the it's the, uh, <laughs> it's the Zeppelin Sabbath mashup, you know, with the fellas, and it's it's that one. Uh, we always play that before the show, just to uh, 
What is it? It's Black Dog and War Pigs or no, a whole lot of love and war pigs? It's a whole lot of love and war pigs, yeah. It's awesome. Okay. It's I mean, what more could you ask for? It's just like, you know, two of the greatest bands of all time and just hanging out together. So uh but yeah, I just said I told that, you know, he and Father Rich was there too. Father Rich Ward. Rich Ward I just yeah. go I go, see now I go because you were like, Oh, this is great. You, you play you play this before you go on. I go, <laughs> Yeah. I go, this is where we play it, everybody gets excited. And then it's just all downhill from here, you know what I mean? Because this way everybody just goes, well, at least the intro was good, you know what I mean? So it's just like, yeah, okay. You know, so, but uh, yeah, you, you shoot low. You, know you start the, you raise the bar at the highest point, and then you come out and lower it as much as Without you can. Without a doubt. I mean, that's thus hence grimace hits, you know, because everybody's just like, Zach, is this a greatest hits record? I go, no. It, see, if it was a greatest hits record, you need that one special important ingredient for a greatest hits record, and that would be hit songs. We don't have any of those. So the bottom line is it's grim and it's bleak and it's grimmest hits. So this way when you listen to the record, you go, I don't hear any hit songs on this record. It's like, yeah, no kidding, jackass. It's grimmest hits, not greatest hits. There you go. Grimace Tits is the name of the new album from Black Label Society. I really, really like the record, and uh, we're going to talk about that in a second. But I wanted to ask you, you mentioned Black Label Society. I mean, you may not have a hit song, but you built an incredible following with this band. I saw it packed house in Atlanta the other day when I was there. But if you thought, of, but but what have you? Th- what do you think, Zach, of your catalog uh, under Black Label Society? Of all the songs you have recorded and 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 written, what is the biggest one? Like, what's the what are the one or two that get the, the biggest reaction, the closest to a hit that you came? Um, the biggest one would be the most money that we paid out in payola and paid vacations and hookers, and uh, that would be the one that would be the biggest song. And it was the, the most money that I had raised on my paper route that I could. <laughs> donate towards the payola it always seems to work but and which it, one it is, is it? like it's like blue jeans and a t-shirt payola never goes out of fashion <laughs> it just people enjoy it and the paid vacations you know it's like rather nice it's like wow i really like this black label album i've never heard of them before but i enjoy this trip to the bahamas <laughs> as well with my wife vacation money hookers blow and then all of a sudden you got number one record. Yeah, it's like wow who knew <laughs> and i thought it was so all you, the practice that i did right so you're not paying the right people the right amount of money is what you're saying no i'm not because we still play in the basement and you know there's only eight people showing up so i mean obviously something's wrong black label society coming to studio one very soon everybody uh there's there's an old school jersey reference for you yeah that, but- there's no problem because we still play high school <laughs> keg parties i mean the, the video for room of nightmares somebody was just like oh wow that's like zach that's like a really funny video Where, um whose idea was it to play at a children's party i go that's no one's idea that's us actually <laughs> playing at an 11 year old's birthday party i go the music business isn't what it is it used to be i, I go the whole thing is you get a gig you take it a hundred bucks is still a hundred bucks but but seriously, if if there were two or three songs that you feel at this point in your career are the songs that really are, are the biggest quote unquote hits for you, I mean, what is it? Is it stillborn? Is it? I mean, what what were the biggest, the most, the closest you came to a, a big radio hit? What uh, for, would it be? What's the ones that go down the biggest live? Um, Suicide Messiah. No, uh, Stairway, Free Bird, and uh, Hotel <laughs> California. I, they really like those. And then like for the encore, when we hit them with White Christmas, that it just brings everyone together. I'm not going to get an answer on this. I guess the answer is the mashup that starts the show. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's why you started with that, man. 
<laughs> Tell me about making this record, Grimmest Hits, because one of the things I really like about it is you've got a lot of diversity in this record. I mean, it hits you over the head, no no question about it, with uh, with Trampled Down Below and then right into Seasons of Falter, a little bit of a different flavor. You've got some different textures throughout this record. Was that an intentional thing? Did you want to mix it up a little bit more? Um, no, the, the whole purpose of the album was... Um, it's all about fitness and burning as many calories as possible. <laughs> when you listen to the album, you go, wow, I've listened to this album eight times now, and I'm already as ripped as Bruce Lee. That's the whole purpose of giving this album to everyone. You can still eat White Castle all day, and you'll just be shredded wheat after you listen <laughs> to this album. But speaking of shredded, you're in amazing shape, man. What are you doing on the road now? What's you're, you're not eating White Castle looking like that. What are you doing? No, White Castle and just smashing my genitalia into pleasure them. <laughs> just constant <laughs> pounding, pounding. <laughs> you just do it till they're bleeding, bro, till there's no flesh. You just rip well, the flesh you, right What are you off. pounding it into, though? <laughs> oh, just into myself. Into the wall, a door. It doesn't matter, bro. A door jam? You find whatever you can. <laughs> a car door, the bus door. It doesn't matter. All right, hold on. A toilet seat, it... you know, wherever you... <laughs> bam, bam. It's just like, you know, until it's numb, until you can't feel your feet, you just keep going. You know what? You know what? Speaking of a toilet seat, I just I'm on planes all the time. I'm sure you are too, of course. I just saw this on a plane for the first time. It said that if you're a guy and you're sitting on the toilet seat taking a dump, do not flush the toilet until you get up off the seat. Because the suction is so much, I guess they're worried about pulling your junk down into the plane. Nah. I actually saw a sign on a plane that said that. But yeah, probably it'll just <laughs> It'll just probably pull the lower <laughs> bowels right out, bro. Just... And that's typing to me the same on cruise ships. I'm on cruise ships all the time. That if you're copping a squat, you want to not... be up off the bowl before you flush. Never form a seal, Eddie. Never form a complete <laughs> seal. Well, I always thought it was because you didn't want to get attacked by a great white out of the toilet <laughs> on a boat. That's what I always thought it was. Actually, hey, me... when I saw Jaws back, my father took me to see that, you know, Jaws back in the day. I remember when I got home, not being just terrified of going in the pool or going in the beach, literally taking a dump when I got home. I must have been like eight years old, but I remember just like I was terrified to take a dump thinking a 28-foot great white was going to jump out of the toilet <laughs> and just devour my ass cold. You, yeah, the 28-foot great white that was uh, was trolling around in Jackson, New Jersey, right? That was Yes, we without a doubt. <laughs> Who knew what was in Jackson, New Jersey? Hey, I got to ask you this, too, because when I saw the show the other day, which was phenomenal, the band sounds amazing, the stage looked amazing. See, when I see saw that- fellas, you see what Payola can achieve? Yeah, Continue, you know. Ed. Continue keep sending that. Keep sending it, Zach. I, you know well, where I live. Of course I do. Uh, but but I got to tell you honestly, the band sounded incredible. But what I loved, and I texted you this after the show, what I loved was the fact that you, when you go around and you introduce the guys in the band, the way you introduce them. <laughs> Which is is hysterical beyond words, especially the guy you've been killing forever, including in your book, our, our buddy JD. Yeah, Talk about the band intros when you go around the horn. Well, no, I mean, you could just have normal band intros, but I mean, who wants to just do that? You know what I mean? So I, I just delve into their personal lives, stuff that I shouldn't be talking about. And uh, all their sexually transmitted diseases and everything like that. <laughs> so, you know, basically none of them can find a date now. 
<laughs> so Zach, so Zach, will, Zach will go around to his band and he'll be like, on guitar from the Vegas chapter with syphilis and gonorrhea. <laughs> you know? yeah. Crabs twice. He enjoys crabs. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you said crabs twice. Yes. He enjoys crabs. And you yeah, got to see some the blazing three saddles in there. <laughs> And you know they I mean do you change it every night or you just you, you riff on that or is it you you pretty much have a formula for each guy at this point? Uh no, you've completely ruined it for the whole tour now. So I mean it's just no, it's just yeah. I'll either mix it up and stuff like that. So, you know. But uh, you know the, Yeah, but I mean it's just, you know, with JD's just it, there's just a plethora of things that we could just brutalize him with. Well, yeah. when I was there, the one you hit him with which was which hurt me because I'm one as well was the fact that he's a Mets fan. <laughs> Uh, yes, without a doubt, a Mets guy. Well, yeah, I mean, J.D., you know, just being a huge Ranger guy as well, you know, just a bus child. Like, people are like, hey, Zach, who, who are you a fan of in hockey? What, are you a Devils guy because you're from New Jersey? I was just like, J.D., who do, uh, who do the Rangers, like, hate the most? And he goes, well, definitely. We can't stand the Flyers. We can't stand Boston. We can't stand, as of late, we don't like Washington either. Islanders. Uh, Islanders, goes, for Islanders, for sure. And he goes, definitely – as of late, of course, the Devils, we can't stand them either. I said, all right, so you got the Bruins, Washington, you got the Islanders, you got the Devils, and he goes, uh, and the Flyers. I go, all five of them? He goes, yeah, can't stand them. I go, it's amazing. Those are my five favorite hockey teams. <laughs> <laughs> so so whenever they're playing anybody, you know, just because it's Jade Jesus, they'll be playing – They'll be playing the Dallas Stars, and they're just like, wow, Zach, I didn't know you were a Dallas Stars fan. I go, I am now. <laughs> and you said something about the Mets. You you'd said me, you'd said, you texted me back. You go, yeah, I, I, fa- I managed to find a way to have the Mets booed every night at our shows. <laughs> they actually do. <laughs> it's awesome. It's just absolutely beautiful. And then J.D. was just saying, he goes, probably when I when – I, announced the Mets in New York, he goes, I'll probably get booed there too because it's all Yankee fans. Right. Exactly right. Hey, let me ask you, how's your health, man? You you had to cancel some shows. Was that just uh, because you were uh, flu or sick or what was going on there? Uh, it, was, okay? uh, it, was, uh, it was a sprained fallopian tube um, <laughs> during the, you know, the Black Label uterus deadlift matches we have every night on stage. I uh, bruised the fallopian tube and when, you know, when, you're, when your vagina isn't at full power, um. Th- you, you you can't do a black label show properly. So I, I just basically went home, got some special duct tape and some Gorilla Glue, and I'm back up and running. Well, that's that's good to hear. But but seriously, it wasn't the blood clot stuff. You're okay with that, right? Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, without a doubt. You still have to manage that, though? You have to take meds every day and all that? Yeah, I take meds, and I get violently ill every day because i got to look at Jesus. So, you know, he <laughs> helps me on that one. So, uh, yeah, but aside of that, it's, um, everything's good to go. My uh, vagina is back to full power. The, the shows that you had to cancel, are you going to go back and make them up? Are you able to reschedule? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I think we just, um, I think we, I, we just got the dates together and I, I'll be, I'll be posting them. So yeah, we're definitely going to go back around and make up all those dates for sure. Black Label Society, the new album is called Grimmest Hits. It's out right now, and Zach is joining us for a few minutes here on a, on a Tuesday on, on Trunk Nation. Hey, I had a chance to see you do Zach Sabbath not too long ago, which I thought was unbelievable. I've gotten to see you guys do it a couple times. How, how are you slotting that in? I mean, and did you, I mean, you starting that band and doing that, the timing obviously perfect with Sabbath themselves sort of winding down. Was that always in your mind to do that when that day came? Well, no, I mean, the whole thing is... I mean, uh, 
what it all started from was me and Blasco, me and Father Blasco doing um, the metal all-stars. And whenever we got together to do it, the if we had a different drummer all the time, you know, basically if you're playing hard rock music, you know, if you're a classical music, if, if you're a classical musician, part of your education is going to be Bach, Beethoven, and Mozart. You'll you'll have learned something by by all three of those guys. So, you know, the big thing is like, the breeding ground, you know, the the middle common ground for everybody is just like, do you know any, you know, Sabbath, Zeppelin, or Deep Purple or something like that? So it's just like, we'd always ask any of the drummers, it's like, do you ask him if he knows any Sabbath? So it would be like, yeah, he knows how to play fairies, wear boots, we can do snowblind, and we'll do war pigs. So it was just like, all right, cool, everybody knows it. So this way, everybody, when we get, because there'll be no rehearsals. Cause pretty much it was just like, when we get there, we'll just, we're on and we're playing. So everybody already knows their homework and everybody knows the song, so we'll just play them when we get there. But uh so it always was always easy. it would be picking Sabbath songs. So the whole thing is uh then you know, Father Blasco just started going, Well, you wanna just do the Zach Sabbath set? You know, I'll just call the drummer and just ask him if you if we'll just do the Zach Sabbath songs. And uh, you know, so that was just the running joke uh, that it was Zach Sabbath. So uh and then it just turned into what it is now. Then we opened up for Clutch, which was awesome. So we went out with uh, our Clutch brethren, and that was a blast. And then, uh, and then we just went out and did a headlining tour. So no, I, I mean, what a better way to get together with your friends and the rest of uh, Black Label Berserker Coalition O Doom to everybody to have a good time, and we all celebrate Sabbath. So it's a great time. It's a good night out. Would you ever want to do another band that celebrated an artist's music, whether it be like a Zeppelin show or a Hendrix show? I know you did the Experience Hendrix tour, but would you, if you, if it wasn't Sabbath, I mean, did you ever think about doing any of the other bands that you love and doing a full set? Yeah, we spoke about doing Lawrence Welk and, and doing some dancing as well, <laughs> but in, in the bubbles and the whole nine yards. But uh, no, I mean, uh, no, with this doing the Zach Sabbath thing is, is is a blast right now. But you know, obviously we're out doing our other thing, but. You know, I mean, when I go out and do the Experience Hendrix thing, I mean, that's always a blast, too. So, you know, celebrating well, St. Jimmy over there, I mean, that's always a blast as well. So Another band, another band, of course, you love is is Van Halen, like everybody, and Eddie Van Halen. You in touch with him at all? I mean, everybody, it's 40th anniversary of that band. Everybody would love to see him do something again. Yeah, you, well, you in I touch just, with Eddie at yeah, all? Yeah, I, I texted the king, and I, uh, I wished him happy birthday. So, uh, yeah, without a doubt, man. Um, but he, you haven't it, heard of it, if they're going to do anything? No, I haven't. I, I haven't asked him about anything like that. I I don't talk to him about that stuff. I just you know wish King Edward long live the king and happy birthday. So yeah. that was about it. But uh, but yeah, but I mean, yeah, no, nah, I mean I'm sure everybody will know what their next move's going to be. I mean, you know, let's be real. Yeah, I don't well, think you can keep that a secret. <laughs> No, but they're they're pretty tight lipped. So hopefully for a fortieth anniversary they'll do something. How's um how's it been being back in Aussie and what's what's the plan there? I mean I know they once again said farewell tour. I think the first one happened in ninety two. So you can't possibly think. Well, this is a really continuation is. of the No More Tours <laughs> tour two. So uh, <laughs> it's just uh, no Oz. You know I mean the whole thing came down to basically Oz was like he said Zachy, listen to me. He goes, this Conor McGregor fight with Mayweather? I said, yeah. He just goes, listen, I got some inside information. Every penny, not dime or nickel, every penny you've ever made with me, everything you've made with Black Label, everything you've made in between, everything you've made with your lawn service, dishes and laundry, do me a favor. Put it all 
on McGregor to win this fight. <laughs> I was like, Oz, are you sure? And he just goes, I'm telling you, I got inside information. I'm putting every penny I've ever made with Sabbath <laughs> from day one, all the records, the solo records with St. Rhodes, with Jay, everything, everything. I'm putting it down. And this farewell tour I just did with Sabbath, everything is going on Connor to win this fight. I said, wow. I said, are you sure, boss? And he just goes, trust me, Zachy. Trust me. And so, uh, you know, I did. And he, we're both of us are living down in a van by the river, and we're going to be doing this tour <laughs> until about 2020. And if if the boss says, hey, Zachy, I got some inside information on a frog race, I may have to question his source. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty it's Aussie. Uh, does Ozzy like to? Does Ozzy gamble? Does he like to gamble on things? Actually, yeah, he does. I remember, you know, his, his uh, actually his fiftieth birthday uh, was the whole theme was was Vegas. It was like set up like a it, you know it was at it was at the Beverly Hills Hotel, but it was all like blackjack tables and a whole night. Yeah, all the Ve- all like a whole Vegas theme. So yeah, without a doubt, Oz, Oz definitely digs gambling. So he's not, but is he one of those guys that will bet on sports or come up to you on the road and be like, who do you like tonight on the game? No, not, not like that. I mean, you know, obviously if I told him ever to bet on the Mets, I would, there would, there would have to be some problems. I would go JD. You'd have to speak with JD's about that one. But, uh, but, but the whole thing is, um, no, Oz would never ask about like with the sports things, but I mean, no, I think he just likes going and playing, you know what I mean? Whether it's craps and stuff like that. So, uh. I mean, definitely, especially during the drinking days. I mean, that was always uh, that was always some severe comedy. Has he talked to you about possibly doing a record? Um, no, we haven't spoken about that yet. I mean, but you know, I'm sure if Oz is just like Zach, you got any riffs laying around or any mellow stuff or whatever, he's just, you know, just uh, toss it this way or just play me some stuff. So, like how was you know, that's what. That's how we always used to do it. It's like, Zaggy, you got anything? Here you go. Here's this one. Uh, good. Let's do that one. Just keep playing. Let me sing something on it. So, uh, and then you got Miracle Man. So, um, no, it just, if Oz, you know, if he's like, Zaggy, let's just do something or whatever. You want to make a new, I'm like, yeah, of course. Whatever you I'll bring some milk and eggs over on the way over. Whatever you want to do. You know, you talk about uh, in in Ozzy's drinking days. My God, I had so many times with you both that I that you remember and probably don't back in your drinking days. How many years has it been for you since you had a drink? I think it's about nine now. But everybody's always just like, "Oh wow, well, how do you feel now that you don't drink?" I go, "Well, it's really not that much different now that I, you know, I sniff glue and eat paint chips. I mean, it's, <laughs> the results are pretty much the same. I wake up with my pants around my ankles, and all the fellas." They promised me that we had a wonderful night last night, and, you know, everything's okay. I don't have a grocery list of people I have to apologize to or anything, but I don't really remember anything. (laughs) For people that don't know, back in 06, and and you may not even know this, Zach and I did a TV shoot. In my 15 or 17 years in television, it is the only interview I ever did in my entire career that to this day has never aired. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. How are you going to do something? You do it right. It was me, you, James Lomenzo, and Rita, and it will has never been seen oh, publicly. Yeah. That was a good times right there. <laughs> I was told Zach was told he was banned from VH1. I was told I was fired. We all got in the van and went to McSorley's and drank more. <laughs> it was good times, and McSorley's rocks. Without a I doubt. remember you went to the bar and bought like a hundred of those little beers, oh, and we just best. sat there, they had and the darker lights. Out, 
Whatever yeah, you we want. We figured out what are we going to do with our careers? You're cooked, I'm cooked. What are we going to do? Yeah, liverwurst plate, a lot of liverwurst plates and a lot yep. of beer. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. <laughs> hey, how's the uh how's the line of uh how's the wild audio stuff going, all right? Yeah, everything's hot rocking. So, uh I guess the new fiddles we got coming out right now are the Blood Eagles. So, uh those are going to be coming out um this month or you know, or, or February. So, uh so the Blood Eagles have landed and then uh Right now, working on my, you know, I have my proto of the amp, but it's just, uh, just working on a distribution aspect of that. So, uh, yeah, that should, that should be, that's coming along. Everything's moving along right now, so it's great. And you know, I was, I was just out at Nam last weekend. Did you have anything set up out there? You weren't there, right? Uh, no, because I'm out. We're out here doing the, you know, the the Pilates and the the black label uterus deadlift <laughs> meets. So, you know, uh, no, I'm I'm too consumed with that, but. Uh, no, I, you know, I mean, with me, I'm just posting everything right now. But it was no, you know, I couldn't be there right now because we're out, we're out doing the shows. All right, last thing because I know you got to go and you have limited time here. We talked about sports for a little bit. All right, of course, the Super Bowl is coming up this weekend. Now, you like me, the one thing we do agree on in sports is we're both Giants fans in football. And this is a big question I've been getting from a lot of people. As a Giants fan. Who do you root for this weekend? To me, the answer is clear and easy. I'm curious what you feel. Um, I feel uh, the Giants don't have a chance at all this weekend. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Which team do you root for? As much for as I'm two? rooting for them, I see no chance at all. <laughs> That's a safe bet. But who do you want to see win? Um, well, I mean, obviously, I mean, we're witnessing history. So, I mean, it's just like with, with Captain America Brady over there. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I it's it's pretty mind blowing. I mean, like we were just talking about with uh, you know, quarterbacks, you know, saying who is greatest of all time, whether it's you know Joe Montana, Johnny Unitas, or you know guys we haven't seen play or whatever, you know, that back in the day. But you got Terry, obviously Terry Bradshaw, you know, the guys that have all those titles. But you have to remember this: not only is Captain America never had he's had to deal with free agency so basically almost like college football a new group of guys coming in almost every the only constant he's had is father belichick so it's been a constant different group of guys coming in a revolving door i mean the only constant he had was walker but he had gronk so i mean that was huge to have those reliable guys but i mean Name me the running. Name me the Tony Dorsett he's had, the Franco Harris he's had, the 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 Roger Craig he's had, the constant. You know what I mean? With the, mm-hmm. we were talking about Joe Montana and Terry Bradshaw. They had those teams were together for a while, and so and then not only that, <clears throat> Captain America has tasted defeat not once but twice and came back from both of them. So that's another Both times yeah, to, to lose, our Giants. To lose, exactly. But to lose and to come back and win, then lose again and then come back and win. I, I mean, it's, you know, to get knocked down and still come back. Whereas, <clears throat> you, know, you know, Father Montana and Father Bradshaw have never tasted defeat, you know, and, and said, all right, let's see if they can come back. You know, I mean, that's a big, that's a big deal. Because, you know, when a boxer loses to see if he can come back. You know what I mean? Right, right, I mean, right. That really is a big deal. If you lose a championship and then you come back, it's like, wow, that's that's <clears throat> that's pretty pretty insane. So, so it sounds it like twice. you're it sounds like you're pulling for the Patriots, and so am I. Simply because as a Giants fan, I'm not going to root for another team in the NFC East. Well, 
Um, They're arch rivals. I mean, the, the, the Skins, the Eagles, and the Cowboys are, are arch rivals. How could you possibly want one of them to have success? I don't. I mean, Patriots are in the AFC. I don't care. It's an amazing story. Go ahead and win just to get the Eagles out of here again. You're just That's an, my attitude. You're just an unnicer. That's what oh, it is. So I'm, I'm, I'm just being honest. If you're if you're a Giants fan, how do you want the other, one of those other three teams to prosper? I'm always rooting against them under every situation. Um, well, I guess you'd root for them if you had the mortgage of your house on it. <laughs> you'd have to say, "Well, I can put the hatred aside for one moment." <laughs> wait a minute. Who's wait or a Otherwise, minute, you'll is... be down by the river in a van with me and the boss. Wait a minute. Yeah, I was just going to say, you and Ozzy, who are you going to who are you going to bet on this weekend? Because that's going to determine how long the farewell tour continues. Exactly. So I, I think my betting days are over. <laughs> I'm done. I'm finished. Well. <laughs> well, listen, man. They're telling me you got to wrap up with you. I appreciate you swinging by. Everybody, go check out Black Label Society on the road now, playing in New York City tomorrow. PlayStation Theater. All the dates are at blacklabelsociety.net. Uh, this run keeps going and going and uh, through America and then into Europe and you coming on and down. You coming down to the big uh, uterus deadlift meet tomorrow? Or what we got? You got <laughs> Father Pepper down there. You got the Red Fang guys. Yeah, you got COC on the bill, which is killing. No, man, I got my fill in Atlanta. I can't make it out tomorrow, but I was glad I got to see you last week. But uh, I, I, I wish you safe travel. Say hello to the rest of the guys. And everybody go to blacklabelsociety.net for more information. Pick up the new album, Grimmest Hits, from Zach and Black Label Society. Always good talking to you, bro. Have a good tour, and I'll talk to you sooner. Right? You got it, Father Ed. Take care, buddy. See you, man. Well, my thanks to Zach Wild for joining me. Always a riot with Zach. And earlier in the podcast, again, thanks to Steve Harris. Appreciate you guys listening to the Eddie Trunk Podcast, which is new every Thursday at podcastone.com and iTunes. Remember, find out everything about me on eddietrunk.com, all my appearances, music news updated daily, the Trunk Report, my blog, everything that you need is right there. Order signed copies of either of my books. Just hit the Books tab. Merch is available in the merchandise store. All my appearances are right on the homepage. And if you become an all-access member, of eddytrunk.com get exclusive audio including my terrestrial fm radio show on demand to listen to whenever you want all the details are on my site don't forget social media as well at eddie trunk twitter where i would be most active instagram and the fan page on facebook as well my thanks to katie irizari she is the producer of the eddie trunk podcast i'll see you guys again next week for another all-new episode
Hey, this is Jordan Harbinger. I used to host the Art of Charm podcast, but now it's time for something new. The Jordan Harbinger Show. Did you know you can be entertained and actually get a boost in your life at the same time? On this show, we dig into the superpowers of the world's most interesting thinkers and top talents. Then we deliver them to you right into your ears. But I get it. We're not all superheroes. That's why we give you their blueprint so you can live what you listen. After a thousand interviews, learning five languages, and getting arrested in a country that doesn't even exist anymore, I'm now more ready than ever to introduce you to The Jordan Harbinger Show. Listen free to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and the Podcast One app. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music field trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com.